This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. All right, everybody, here we are. We are back with a new episode of Tackle and Tacos, only our second video podcast. So bear with us if there's any like glitchiness. There shouldn't be, though. Um, This is episode nine, I believe. So seven was with the new homie, Kyle Vandiver, absolute cool dude stud. Episode eight was food stuff. We talked about tacos. We talked about sofrito. We talked about the truth of the matter that like tackling tacos isn't just because it sort of phonetically sounds cool. We actually care about fishing and we actually care about eating. (laughs) Quick, what's a taco you've had lately that you love? Go. I don't know if this counts, but sometimes we will make a brat on the grill. We'll grill some brats and then put it on a tortilla shell. And then I put some guacamole on it and cilantro and right salsa. now we are offending everyone. <laughs> We're offending true like taco people. We're offending everyone hey, in Wisconsin. I said I had yeah. I said I had hot dog with eggs the other day. So I don't know what's yeah, wrong with you me. Did say that. Yeah. What about I you? Think you I, I think you leveled up from the hot dog a bit. Thank you. A brat is up here. And I just garnished it nicely. (laughs) Actually, so true real fast though. We'll we'll get to Mr. Uh, Brandon Polinick. Cats out of the bag. What an amazing (laughs) guest we have tonight. Holy moly. Um, we'll get to him in a sec. But the, the the quick story is when I lived in Austin, I went to my homie Justin's house for a University of Texas Longhorn football game party. And I was like, do you need me to bring anything? And uh, he was like, no, we're going to have brats. And I'm like, oh, dude, I'm from Wisconsin. That's perfect. And I get there and he's cooking the brats up, chopped up onions, real traditional 
And I'm like, hey, man, where are the buns? And he's like, oh, no, no, no. We put them on tortillas here. And I was so offended and so over <laughs> like, it. Like, what is and this? And I, I just like real begrudgingly, I was like, ugh. And I took a bite of one. And I'm like, ugh, this is really good. <laughs> like, it actually works because there's like less dough to sort of interfere with the broth. Yeah. So, right. yeah. I'm not just taking your back because I like you, but yeah, well, it's, like it works. Too. Nate, what's, what's a, what's a taco you've had lately, homie? Uh, most recent is probably going to be those, uh, marinated skirt tacos, uh, skirt steak tacos mm-hmm. I had the other night. I think I posted on, uh, on our social, uh, that yeah. stuff. So those were, uh, those were bomb. They were, they were dynamite. They looked I, I, so I, good. Yeah, they were really good. Honestly, though, I, uh, I've been trying to eat a little bit better. So I tried a new shell, like a mission, keto okay, shell yeah. or something yeah, yeah. and uh i put it on the on wait the, did you just the, rub your the, belly when you're like yeah, trying to eat i them? did yeah keep going yeah. i'm sorry uh but yeah so i put those those mission keto shells uh on the on the flat top and uh i don't know what happened. they turned they were terrible they turned they were like rock oh. solid they were okay. awful um, I microwaved them like a day before just to heat them up a little bit or the day, the next day, uh, just to heat them up yeah. a little bit. They were far better that way. So okay. normally I like, I like the cooked shell, but they were awful cooked. Terrible. Okay. Crazy. Yeah, so else was good, Everybody though. who follows us on social media, just tackle and tacos. Um, you'll see if there's a good like taco post, it's usually Nate. He does a yeah. lot of cooking. He uses like the, um, what is it called? The black Blackstone. Like yeah, stone. Black stone. I would yeah. say stove. I'm like, I know that's not it's it. It's not black top either. It's not black top. Like you said one time, I threw it right <laughs> on the black top. Uh, but he do does that? some really good cooking. And so, yeah, it's, it's a, if it's a good taco, it's probably him. Before we get too far into it, huge thank you to the, to the buddies at Working Class Bowhunter. We're part of their podcast network. Um, we go way back with those dudes. And so when they asked if we wanted to start a fishing podcast, we absolutely, without doubt, unequivocally said yes. And then it was like, okay, how do we do this? Because we knew we liked fishing. We knew we liked tacos. How do we do a podcast? Also, huge shout out and thank you to um, Grizzly Coolers, grizzlycoolers.com. You can use the code WCB, WCB, Working Class Bowhunter, um, to get a discount on there. I don't know what it is. It might be 5%. It might be 99%, but it's not that last one. <laughs> um, and specifically, the Kenai line, like this really dope sort of like teal colored cooler we have here. Um, and we are fully nerding, fanboying. This is a magazine with mr polinick on the cover i mean we are dorking like unashamedly here um i feel like i'm dressed up as like chewbacca at like a star wars convention like meeting chewbacca you know what i'm saying right um but uh grizzlycoolers.com the kenai stuff is so rad dude it works so good um the cups, the the cool, everything, the lunchbox thing, which is so perfect for like, if you're hunting, cause it's airtight. If you're fishing, putting in your cooler, if to keep your like dry stuff, dry, just the dopest. So make sure you check them out. Um, Gil tech swim jigs, um, hook and arrow supply company, just a bunch of cool stuff. We're also on waypoint TV. Now we're part of that network, which is pretty exciting. There's a lot of really dope podcasts on there. The Ike live podcast, Luke Duncan, um, just a bunch of cool stuff. So we're honored to be a part of that. So, uh, anything else, Lola? Nate, I think that was good. Do we get to it? Let's let's get to it. Yeah, yeah. This is exciting. So, yeah, bring uh, all in. the way. Yeah, this this is funny, right? This is our second video podcast and our second guest from Idaho. So I hey. think we should just keep that as a rule. Yep. Only Idaho <laughs> guests, and this may be the last of it. Only Idaho guests for the video podcast. So, ladies and gentlemen, this is the two-time Bassmaster Angler of the Year. I think there's eleven other anglers ever, ever. With more than one. 
And I mean, that's just the absolute mark of like stud fishing consistency. Uh, I think he has six or 16 blue trophies. I mean, he won a thousand times on the BPT. The dude is just a stick and he's just a good dude. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we are honored to bring in Mr. Brandon Polinick. Come on. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. he has cool hats yeah. on top of it. Thanks, brother. Yeah, he's always rocking yeah, that, okay. rope, that rope hat. That rope hat yeah, is the, rope uh, is the dope, deal. Dude. Yeah. No, the problem is, is that all like I used to be able to get these blanks and get them made, and then everyone else caught on and decided they wanted to wear it, and yeah. they're nearly impossible to get. That sucks. I'll be Are honest. I've looked. Boss? I've looked for a few. I've looked for a few of those rope hats to put the uh, the old taco yeah. logo on, and and I can't. I can't get them. Yeah, so yeah, I know you're paying. So hard. So yeah. Are you a, are you a vintagey type styley dude, Brandon? Because like the rope hat has kind of like a classic, not necessarily yeah. vintage, but just a really simple classic vibe to it. Yeah, probably a little bit. Um, okay. I I think some of it comes just from like my Northwest, like those yeah. Northern vibes, kind of. You know, you sure. being from Wisconsin, you probably understand that a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I like. Like fall time is probably my favorite time to wear clothes because <laughs> it's like <laughs> I get to yeah. I get to like wear some flannel and a sweatshirt yeah, and some pants yeah. like so that's definitely that's probably more of my style. Okay, I love it. All right, so let's jump through it. Lolo, hit them with the um the question categories. Brandon, the way we do this is we kind of break up the the questions for you into categories. And we'll kind of let it free flow and hopefully take its own little life as we as we go. But we let you choose the first category. And then from there, like I said, we'll just see where she goes. So Lola, give them the, the options and then you can pick. Even the, okay. Yeah, even the last one if you want to. If okay. you want to start with okay. that. But however you want to take it, man. You could do life, taco, normal podcasty kind of questions, Brandon specific questions, yeah. or show and tell. Hmm. I feel like we should start with taco since we're here on taco and like tacos. I, I think like we should just, yes. just kick it off with the okay. tacos. I knew I was going to like this dude for sure, dude. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, go ahead. Hit him with the first one, Bird. Okay. Um, what is the last taco you had? Oh, you know, I mean, for me, a taco is pretty much, it's like how you put something together. We have this conversation all the time. We're like, Hispanic food is pretty much all of the same ingredients. It's just yeah. how you put it together. How you, yeah. And yeah, so, yeah, for sure. uh, I think the last one we had, we had a bunch of fajita meat. This is last week at the Sabine river. Yeah. Uh, right before we drove all the way back home, we stay with a super awesome family there. The sparks family, they got a house and we just pull our camper up in their yard and plug in That's and, just hang out it's like an extended family and one of the last nights we were there uh they cooked up like some big fajitas with the bell peppers and the onions and steak and chicken Mm. um mrs sparks made a bunch of homemade guac homemade salsa Mm. yeah Uh, yeah. you talk it was legit and i'm a i don't know about you guys but when I make tacos, I'm a condiment kind of guy. Like I, I like a lot of stuff on there. Yeah, I don't want just like meat and cheese. Yeah, 
That's Nate. You're that oh, way yeah. too. Absolutely. Yeah, it's yeah. Nate. That is yeah. Nate. Oh, yeah. I, I want yeah. salsa, guac, onions, pico. Yeah, like, I want all of it. Yeah. yeah when you well, when you actually, get that perfect bite, you get that perfect bite with yes, all of that in everything. It's, yes, that's, that's what makes it for sure. Mm-hmm. Nate yeah. is still fixing his plate when everyone is done eating. He has to make everything yeah. look right. just right, yeah. so he has that bite. Yeah, he has like a little scale, exact amount of lettuce, exact <laughs> amount of like jalapeno slices. Like he's measuring the slice. Yeah. So that's yeah. one of the questions, Brandon. Was what is to you the most essential taco topping? Ooh, uh, just topping wise, uh, I feel like a. A salsa is like a make or break. Yeah. Are you a spicy you have, salsa guy or? I like a little kick. I don't want okay. it to just overpower and yeah. you don't want your uh, nose taste buds. Yeah. yeah. No, no, I don't want to cry into my taco. Um, <laughs> I prefer that I just yeah. like let it, let the flavors kind of mix. Yeah. But I feel like if you, if you have really good salsa uh, with good flavor and a little bit of heat, that can yeah. like make, the whole entire time. Like it can make up for poorly cooked meat or something like that. <laughs> no, you're totally right. Yeah. yeah. You're totally right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what can ruin a taco? Mm. Same thing. Yeah. I was going to say that flip flopped or. I mean, yeah, definitely. You could say the same thing. Like obviously that's one of the most important. It could also totally train wreck it, but I, uh, I don't know. I would say, it was like just unseasoned meat, I feel like it's mm. really bad. You know, if it's just yeah. cooked with like no good seasoning on yeah. the meat, it's just blah. Yeah, so do you dude. like to cook? I love cooking, actually. Really? Okay. okay. Yeah. yeah have, you, awesome. have you taught Kyle at all? Because he said he doesn't know how to cook anything. He said, and he said Yeah, he said your wife <laughs> yeah. taught him how to do salmon and he was like 400 degrees 10 minutes flip it 400 degrees and i'm done it was very and it's like, very yeah. good yeah it's very like, <laughs> so I, yeah i mean are you teaching him anything i mean there's some things you just focus on with kyle and trying to teach him how to cook's not one of them <laughs> not to mention like where is he gonna cook it right like his yeah, his resources of cooking are limited okay um what did he say he cooks? He cooks like, I don't even know. He can pretty much make coffee and salmon and rice. I think. Perfect. That's all man needs. That's yeah, I was going to say, I was going to say he's got the black rifle me. down. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't, outside of that, I I really don't know what he can make. Oh, okay, no, well, actually, like? he can make oh, wait, waffles. Okay. Hey. Okay. Well, what are Bye. you cooking? Um,. I think I got this from growing up uh, from my mom, but okay. I love looking in the fridge and the pantry and be like, okay, what do I have available? And what yeah. can I make? <laughs> yeah. I love it. And then just like creating some concoction of whatever is available. Yeah. A lot of times yeah. it ends up being some sort of like rice bowl or some pasta dish or something. Yeah. Uh, I love grilling yes like sir for my daughter's birthday party i'm gonna do a brisket so i'm gonna start oh, that boy. at nice. seven o'clock tomorrow night for a one yes. o'clock p.m party the next day <laughs> yep. yeah have yep. you done yeah. a brisket before 
I've done one a while Were ago. you nervous? Were you nervous the whole time? Because he gets nervous every time. Every time I do a big brisket, yeah. I get nervous. It's going to be wrecked. It never is, but I'm always nervous. It's going to be like, oh, this was like 14 hours of my life. Yeah. Well, it's one of the hardest things, right? Like that's a, that's a commitment. That's it a is. serious commitment. 14 hours. Yeah. I was going to say financially too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> financially. Yeah. Time, you yes. know, 14 hours, like not really 14 hours of daylight and most people aren't eating dinner at 10 30 at night. So uh, that means you right. had to wake up in the middle of the night when you were sleeping yes. perfectly fine, just to go yes. check on your meat. My alarm's going off. Got to check the brisket. Yeah, go staggering out there. <laughs> stick the temperature gauge. And you know what's funny, though, is you just said something that made me think of, I mean, fishing, which I mean, that's really what this podcast yeah. is about. But I'm so down to talk food all night long. <laughs> uh, you know, like that idea when you, I mean, I'm sure you don't, especially at this level. Maybe, do you fish local derbies at all, Brandon? If I have time. I love them. Yeah. 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 I was just going to say, cause like for me, like Sunday I fished a local derby, uh, on a lake I'd never been on. And so it was very much that whole vibe of like, you know, do as much map study as you can a little bit and then really like get on the water and move around until you figure stuff out, cover water, yeah. uh, with the water temp, you know, the beds were empty, really clear. There's some points. Are they moving out to their haunts yet? Blah, 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 blah. And you're putting the pieces together, which is sort of like in your kitchen. Okay. I got some rice have like one pound of beef like you put the pieces together yeah. you know what i'm saying yeah. like to be successful to catch fish or to not die mm -hmm. sort of <laughs> yeah you put it together until you have like something that actually works out yeah it, that's 100 percent true i mean i would say it's like a mathematical equation but maybe it's more like just building a taco i don't know there it is, dude. Oh my that's gosh. what it is. Yeah, that's so, beautiful. That'll yeah. be a shirt. Yeah. We gotta get that on a yeah. shirt. Brandon Polinick wins derbies because he, he analyzes the water like putting a taco together. It's beautiful. That's it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right, All let's move on. Let's move on to Yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's move on to um, I don't know, life questions. Who who are you, Brandon? A as a human, as an angler, existentially, surfacey, however you want to take it. Who are you? Oh man, um, we like to get deep here on on tackle. Yeah, I guess wow. <laughs> we went straight from tacos to like yeah. really. Who are you? From salsa to what is your grand purpose in life? Yeah, salsa and soul surging. Exactly. Oh, beautiful. Oh, that's a shirt. That's too, a shirt boy. right there. Yeah. Gosh. You it. Well, we are ta we are talking to the the Tourney T man himself, so <laughs> he's right. he's good that's at coming true. up with shirts. Um, <laughs> I, well, I guess I would start by saying uh, I'm a father, I'm a yeah, husband, awesome. um, and have an incredible amount of passion for the sport of bass fishing. Um, and really, just the outdoors. Like I, yeah. I love the outdoors. I think it makes better people. Uh, it's kind of one of those things that if you run into somebody that has an equal level of passion, whether it's bow hunting or fishing or whatever it is, if it's some sort of outdoor activity, there's like an instant bond or at least an yeah. instant amount of respect, you know, amongst those people. Um, and I think, you know, growing up, I'm born and raised in North Idaho. I'm like five hour drive from Seattle and a two hour drive from Canada. So I'm way over here. Um, and uh, 
don't know, grew up in like a, I think it was an awesome situation, but it wasn't like your typical, I guess, house American household. Like I was pretty much raised by my mom, single mom. We moved around a bunch, lived in an Airstream trailer, lived in a cabin that didn't have a bathroom. We had an outhouse and um, found tournament bass fishing. Like there's videos and there's photos of me fishing when I was two three years old like my mom used to (laughs) she would use fishing as the motivation to get me to walk up to the mountain lake so that she wouldn't have to pack me she said if i walked then i could fish and if i didn't then i didn't get a fish (laughs) and so here i'd be like a little three-year-old kid walking up the mountains um and then at eight is when i got introduced to tournament bass fishing and then that, that was literally like the guiding light of my entire life. So every time I would come to a crossroads of whatever it was, like a relationship, sports in high school, like when it when I hit a crossroads, the guide was always like, how do I get to where I want to be in bass fishing? Wow. And tournament fishing, like where, how do I get to the Bassmaster Elite Series? How do I get to the classic? Like if I go down this road, is it going to get me closer to that goal or is it going to deter me from that goal? Oh, That's seriously amazing. Like, yeah. Wow. Yeah. And from the time I was eight years old, like it just, it continually compounded. Right. So obviously when sure. I was eight, like I didn't know it was that serious. Uh, but every year that went on, I was like, I would wrestle a little bit less in the summer. I would, mm. you know, I quit playing football my senior year because I didn't want to start practicing in August because we we're still fishing tournaments and practicing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, like walked out of my calculus class because I had a, a tournament that was a qualifying tournament, like during finals. Oh, wow. week. I just over and over, I would make decisions to get to where I am now. Hmm, that's and inspiring. You to the tackle and tacos. <laughs> yeah. And now you've reached the peak. And you now I've hit the pinnacle and I don't know what to do with the rest of my life. <laughs> when you shut your laptop, just know you can't go any farther with this. Any further. You can't go any higher. This is it, dude. Um, can I ask you a question? Is that the start of a midlife said, crisis? It, it, I mean, we're here for you, though. So we can we all experience you. together. You don't have to go through it alone. So that makes it a little easier. You know? I appreciate um, it. Based on what you eight years old, how how did you get into tournament fishing at eight? And is is the bass scene like pretty pretty big in Idaho? It's gotten a lot bigger. Um, when I was eight, my mom's best friend got married to a guy that fished local and regional tournament stuff. Um, okay. He he was kind of messing around with trying to qualify some. Like he was fishing the Bass Nation or back then oh. was the Bass Federation. Federation. And yeah. he, I mean, he wasn't very old. You know, my mom was 19 when she had me, so it's not oh. like her friends were very old. Um, sure. I think he was only, he was like in his low 20s, 23, 24, when he first took me out on the lake uh, as an eight-year-old kid. And for whatever reason, like he saw something in me that he continued to take me um, and he wow. started taking me to some of the local tournaments. Um, 
I was pretty much his shadow is what I became. That's uh, awesome. you know, That's I smart. would, I would travel with him and his tournament partner when they'd fish like the bigger tournaments would travel over to Washington, like two, three hours. He'd sleep in the back of the truck and I would put my knees on the floorboard of the front of the pickup. And then I would just lay my head and my arms and yeah. my chest on the seat, like where wow. you normally sit. And that's how I would sleep. That's <laughs> but like, I, and I thought it was the coolest thing in the world. And then they would fish a tournament all day. I'd fish from the bank and um, it just continually progressed from there. Right? I was like, Seriously, I could cry. I this got, is so sweet. Yeah. Then I got my own boat and, uh, and then just continually, you know, like made, made those steps, started fishing the Bass Nation when I turned 16, because that was the minimum age. And that was, that was a route that I had that could get me to the classic and the elite uh, that I could afford to be able to do. Wow. And when you first heard about the elites or just whatever uh, pro bass fishing, were you just like, that's what I, that's what I'm doing. Like, I mean, was it a pretty, you know, you heard, you yeah. started fishing tournaments really young. You were exposed to it young. Thank God for that dude. Are you still, you still know that feller? Like, are you guys still friends or? Oh yeah. He'll be at my daughter's birthday party this weekend. Oh, oh that's so dope. Dude. Get out of here. And then, so yeah. then you like hear he's the, pro bass his company. Thing. Yeah. Like his company built this house that I'm sitting oh, in. Oh, get out of here. That's, that's, that's yeah. awesome. Man, my life story sucks compared to this. <laughs> Man, we all got mine's more story. like mine's more like when I was six, I ate my first taco, and I knew from then, you know, like I wanted to be morbidly obese, and like whatever I had to do you know, to, get, to get there, I would hang out at the restaurant all day while they were cooking, and I, mm. I'd eat from shore. Oh my and, gosh. Uh, um, anywho, so did you know right away, man, that like you really um, pro bass fishing—that's a thing. That's what I'm doing. Yeah, I mean, like I, I feel like at eight years old, that was all I wanted to do. Like all of my, um, like when they'd ask you in school, you know, like write a report on what you want to be when you grow up and uh-huh. stuff. Like I was always, I want to be a professional bass angler. Your teachers would be like, wow. that's not a real thing. What do you, <laughs> what do you actually want to be? And now you're like, ah. yeah. yeah, yeah, for <laughs> sure. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Uh, you mentioned something though. Uh, your first when you got your first, uh, you know, your first tournament rig. That's that's one of the questions I got from uh, some of our uh, some of our listeners and stuff. They they you know sent in some questions and asked some questions. So, uh, what was your first tournament rig? Like, what were you fishing out of when you started this stuff? Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna start with one that. I don't know if you can quite call it a tournament rig because it was pretty janky. Uh, I think it was a 1972 aluminum ski boat. I don't even know what brand it was, but like the old pop riveted aluminum ski boats with the wraparound windshield. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and have about this much front deck on it. Which wasn't it had like front deck, a fold open windshield where you had like walk through like that one little. Oh no, no, you either had to step oh, over the windshield or like yeah. do this sketchy little like wrap around the windshield. Around the outside like a gunnel, sort of. Yeah. 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 And we strapped a I think it was like a Minkota Maxim Pro at that time or something. It was like oh. a 101 pound thrust on this thing. And we weren't smart enough 
to reinforce the bottom side and I kicked it on like 90 degrees to the left one time and yeah. it was on high and that was the end of that boat. It just ripped <laughs> the entire front deck right out. Oh my gosh. Right through oh, the man. aluminum. It was just hanging by wires and oh. that was the end of that boat. Uh, I don't even know that it ever saw a tournament, but it was, it was going to be my tournament boat right. until that, that happened. Uh, and then I had a buddy that I got in, I kind of introduced him to it. His mom used to take us to the lake, like in a 12 foot aluminum and stuff. And we'd fish all summer. Well, his mom went to the casino and won a bunch of money at the casino one night and came back and bought us a 16 and a half foot bass tracker with a 25 Whoa. horse outboard That's on it. Upgrade. Yeah. Okay. I think she bought it for like a thousand bucks. Yeah. But we thought we were the king of the world. Because oh yeah, we like, were. Yeah. We were. Yeah, we, we had. Yeah, there. we had a trolling motor, a live well, like a twenty-five horse outboard. Yeah, yeah, it, it was amazing. Like we had compartments to put our tackle wow. and our rods in. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and that—that's actually the tournament that I won my first, or the boat that I won my first tournament out of when I was like oh, fourteen. Sweet. Wow. Oh my gosh. Fourteen. Jeez, yeah, that's, that's awesome. That yeah. is. Yeah, that's really yeah. I mean, we weren't even sure. old enough to drive. Like his his mom would drive us to the ramp. She couldn't back it down, so we'd back the trailer down, and then she would come pick us back up. That's, at work. <laughs> that's awesome. You you would do all the work, and then she would drive, so you could legally actually do it. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that for sure. Um, what's the um? Oh, here's one. This isn't as deep, but I, I always. These, these are interesting questions to me. What's something about you that people probably, because I think it's different in 2023, like with social media and you have like the awesome BMP videos and your YouTube and um, you're being interviewed all the and time. Magazines. And, yeah, magazine covers and whatever. <laughs> but I feel like people feel more like they know people more than maybe they actually do. What's something about you mm -hmm. that people probably wouldn't expect? Um, people probably wouldn't expect how much I love to dance. Oh my gosh. This is awesome. Whoa. That was not the word I thought you were going to say. <laughs> I, I love, I love all like pretty much all styles of dancing. Get um, out of here. This is the hip, best. Like, oh. Hip hop, like yeah. country. Like I love swing dancing, line dancing. I'm like, nah, it's all right. I get bored with it after a while. But like swing okay. dancing Too repetitive. kind of stuff. Yeah. Wow, dude. Okay, so are you yeah. a wedding reception junkie? I was just then? gonna say that. Are yeah. you the dude that's yeah. like out there? I'm not afraid. I'll say that. I'm not, a, I'm not afraid to dance. I'm not yeah. I'm not the guy that's like, hey, look at me, I'm gonna dance a bunch, but I'm not right. afraid to go out there, you know, and like grab Enjoy. some people and say, Hey, yeah. let's yeah. go have yeah. a good time. Okay. Does your wife like to yeah. dance? She does, yeah. Okay. We well, should dance a bunch. Yeah. Cute. That was that was that's the line. I'm gonna use that in the podcast description. We used to dance a bunch. <laughs> that's, that's the line. Right there. <laughs> that's dope, dude. All right, hit them with a hit them with it. Where we let's go to no. Well, no, let's go to Brandon specific questions. Lola, jump off with one, would you? Okay. Um. Let's yeah. See. Do that first one. The first one. Yeah. No, you do that one. All right. What, what's what's the what's the deal with the shoes on the videos, man? Shoes, I don't yeah, know. like give the, me, 
Give me some context. Okay, so you it looks like you're always wearing like kind of like I don't know how to describe it, sort of daddish shoes. And then like on one of the shots, uh, Kyle, you like trick Kyle into getting a shot of your shoes or something, and he pulled it away and he's like, dang it. And he like tried to pull it away real quick. Like, is that like some like behind the scenes joke that like I'm only catching on? Or like what it what is that? Well, there is a, a little bit of a joke there. So uh he used to always get like a shot of me putting my shoes on in the morning or whatever. And they just okay. be some random shoes. They'd be like some Nikes or like crispy boots or something. Yeah. And, uh, and then I got some Sim shoes. Um, like they came out with a pair that fit on my feet and cause I've kind of got a wider foot. And, okay. and so he was like, Oh, I'm going to get that shoe shot. So then I would always, he'd be like ready to shoot in. Like, I'm not putting my shoes on yet. And then I'd just like slip them on when he turned away to go pour his coffee or something. <laughs> and so that's like, that's kind of the joke of like, I'd start putting my socks on and he'd be shooting. And then I'd just get up and walk off with my socks on and leave my shoes sitting there or something. And Okay. Yeah. That's there dope. it is. Yeah, I, I like there, it. There's a lot of. That idiotic kind of inside yeah, yeah jokes like the cruel games you play on the vandy yeah. hammer no he deserves all of it though. <laughs> uh do you think i asked kyle this last week do you think that y'all's dynamic just as like friends um do you think it plays a role in the quality of the videos no 100 percent. like there's not <clears throat> there's not another person that I believe is out there that could create the same dynamic that we have. Um, and it's not just me and Kyle, it's Tiff and everything. Like, yeah. yes, he's like my best friend, my brother, a videographer, like all of it, you know I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, he, he like, he's been there for so many major life-changing moments like truly yeah. life-changing moments um good and bad and and he's super easy to be around like he, he's low yeah. maintenance which is important we totally felt that <laughs> um, but he's like he's just easy to be around and the crazy part is we went to high school together he graduated with my sister we didn't hang out a lot then and I'm almost glad that we didn't because I don't know that we like we both weren't the same people then that we are now. Sure. Yeah. But who we are now is like, you know, we just see life through the same lens in, in a lot yeah. of ways. Uh, and so it, I think that makes it, it makes it, I mean, what it is, honestly, like what people see on YouTube is exactly how we are when the camera's on or off. Um, and yeah. I think because he is who he is, it allows Tiff, myself, even yeah. little baby Cora, like to oh, be ourselves, Cora. right? We don't have yeah. to put, uh, yeah, comfortable. you have to put a, yeah, you don't have to put a front on like, yeah, it's, that's exactly, just it's exactly what do, I was say. It's so genuine. Yeah. And so then yeah. it doesn't make it feel like work. You yeah. know, it, it makes it fun. Um, we're just, we're not trying to create anything. We're just documenting the life that yeah. we're living. That's cool. That's a cool way to put it. So do you give, do you give Kyle sort of like full autonomy in respects to like the edits? Like, has he ever 
put out an edit and then you're like, dude, why did you put so much time in there of you eating brownies? <laughs> no, I, I really, I give him like full creative freedom. Uh, okay. You know, cause the way I look at it is at some point we may continually like build this into something bigger yeah. and he's essentially would become like the creative director of, mm-hmm. you know, if we add more guys, more editors, more shooters um, for other projects and different things, he's going to be the guy that is going to head up and have that creative freedom. And, you know, we bounce ideas on and off each other. I don't oversee the edits. A lot of times I don't see the actual video until the premiere happens. Like when everyone else sees the video, that's a lot of times the first time I see it. Yeah. Uh, That's came back to bite us a couple of times. I'm like, Hey, Kyle, uh, there's no music audio in the first 10 minutes. (laughs) Like forgot to turn that layer back on before you exported. Uh, (laughs) You know, just like little things like that. Uh, Yeah. That's awesome. it's not like it's not make or break right for me and so it's okay how do we not do that again the next time like how do we learn from it and uh, let's do this a little bit better um and then i mean really i just i'm like give him creative freedom i i do not want to put him in a box like i love that he didn't come from a fishing background because he sees it through a different lens yeah, totally. Yeah, and it doesn't hurt that his videos are freaking dope. Seriously, he's just naturally incredibly good at what he does. Yeah. Um, really I think what separates him apart from like nearly everybody else that films most content is how good he is at telling a story. Yeah, absolutely. Totally agree, dude. Totally. All right, Lola, give him give him the next. Everyone one. can grab gonna- a. Nancy camera and shoot. <laughs> right. We act, yeah, we actually said that. We said, uh, you know, you could train a monkey to hold a camera, but it's really telling the story and knowing the story you're trying to tell. So you're not shooting so much footage that you're not going to need or trying to get all cutesy with an angle or a whatever that is completely superfluous. And then, yeah, it's like he was saying, like, well, sometimes if he moves out deep, then I'll try to fly the drone so you can see that there was some movement versus the shallow stuff. So it's it's all in that telling a story thing. So it doesn't feel just disconnected. Like here's a shot, here's a shot, here's a shot. Like it, it's a lot of footage to stitch together and to make it congruent and mm-hmm. tell a story. And he just kills it. He absolutely kills it. Here's a bird shot. Here's another bird shot. Here's a slow-mo getting <laughs> weeds off of my jig shot. Yeah. In, instead of a hook set, you get another bird shot. <laughs> or, 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 or a top water, right? And a top water, a blow up. Hey, he, Finally, six years. It only took him six years. Hey, fifty-five videos later, he finally got a top water shot. There it is. That was a good good one too. Bro, it was like a proud dad moment. And he did. It was like, hey, all that frustration you had built up from six years, you just released it all on one top water shot. Right there. (laughs) And he got so lucky. Because that fish blew up 15 feet in front of the camera boat trolling motor. And they're just sitting there. Like it just randomly blew up single fish. And I cast over there and it blows up on it. And he's like a 
200 to 600 zoomed in just on top of it and it's dead flat calm and somehow he didn't flinch so <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he got the first couple frames on the camera just goes crazy <laughs> yeah i was going to ask about tiff or tiffany your wife um when you guys go like when you go on the road is that what you say is that the right mm-hmm. yeah, okay is that like a normal thing for your wife to go with you and your baby to come with you? Like they're with you the whole time. Am I, is that right? Yeah. I don't know if you'd say it's normal. Okay. I mean, it's awesome. (laughs) Depends on your definition of normal. Um, To us, it's normal because that's what we've chose to do. Um, She's traveled with me. Yeah. It's amazing. It's really, this is the only way we can make it work. Um, she's traveled yeah. with me full time since 2014. Okay. And I think last year was the first two tournaments she's missed since 2014, but she was wow. 34 weeks pregnant or something. So I was going to say, was she really we left, pregnant? <laughs> yeah, she was really pregnant. Uh, so we left her <laughs> at home uh, and it was me and Kyle in the camper by ourselves for two tournaments. Were you lonely? We, uh, no, not lonely. Me and Kyle explain it as uh, when Tiff's there, we're thriving. And when it's just us two, we're surviving. Surviving, yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So we're, we're not going to die. <laughs> we're not going to die. We will survive. But when she's there, we're thriving. Yeah, that's amazing. Uh, <laughs> and just, you know, obviously there's uh, some extra shenanigans. Like we get into wrestling matches in the camper and stuff that probably wouldn't happen well, normally uh, if she was there. Right. Yeah. Or like she Kyle's jumps in doing your run for your out of you. Yeah. No, she puts an end to it and Kyle does not give me a run for my money. <laughs> I'll give him credit. He is strong. Yeah. scrawny little ass he is strong uh, he's he's scrappy but yeah he, he needs to work on his technique a little bit we we i don't he did the podcast before the tournament so you guys probably don't even know this we got in a wrestling match day four at weigh-in at the sabine river were there in pictures the on instagram because i think i saw them yeah, there were videos, and he posted some screenshots. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's on video. I, I stood up, and it looked like we just got in a street brawl. Like, there was just a group of people surrounding us. Rocky Five. <laughs> yeah, and he tried to, he tried to freaking, not a cheap shot, but, like, I was wrestling with uh, this, his name's Cooper. He's a little eight-year-old kid that, uh, at the house we stay with. Stay at the family we stay not, with. Not Cooper Gallant. Uh, no, not Cooper Gallant. Uh, <laughs> this is an eight-year-old Cooper, but he's okay, like a little, uh, yeah. he's like a little athletic phenom. Uh, okay. But he's never wrestled, so like I was messing around with him, kind of wrestling, and then Kyle's like, "Tap me in, Coop. Tap me in," and <laughs> tries tackling me, and it'll it'll be on video. It'll be in the video. Right, right. We'll have to flash some pictures up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Dude, I used to know this fella named uh, Dan Matlock. Shout out Dan Matlock. Wah, 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 wah. 
And uh, he was like a state champion wrestler back in the day in Illinois. And I used to not really, but I used to like boxing and whatever. And you know, the, the old, the old adage is like the boxer versus the wrestler. When it goes to the ground, it's over, you know? So like yeah. he would always just shoot in on me every time, like really quick. And I had to try and like scoot away or whatever. So one time he shoots in on me. I'm sure this isn't like wrestling legal, but I got him in like a pretty nasty guillotine and like just sunk it in. Like, like and, he just, and I'm like so hyped that I'm like, tap out, son, tap out, tap out or pass out. I mean, I'm like all in and we're just like friendly wrestling. And so he finally taps out and I let go and he like burst all the like blood vessels oh in his eyes. So and, fun. Like, yeah. But like, I was so pumped. Like, I didn't say I was sorry. Like, like, you suck. Yeah, that's what you get. And then like, he just beat the holy hell out of me the next like five times straight. That one time, though, dude, that one time, dude, that one time I got yeah. lucky and slipped in a little guillotine as he was falling. He like pinned himself on it. But oh my gosh. Yeah. Anywho, uh, so next, you're saying Kyle has a chance. Kyle has a chance if he can learn a good guillotine and have no remorse for like popping your blood vessels in your oh eyes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Nate, you got another like fan or whatever question we're calling them, social media question. Not listeners, our fans, but Brandon Polinick fans. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, definitely Polinick fans, not not fans of ours. They just happen to <laughs> comment on our posts. So yeah. Uh yeah. So you mentioned uh like Tiff's been uh you know, you guys have been traveling together since twenty fourteen. Prior to that were the uh the tundra sweet days. You got any like wild stories from from sleeping in the back of the uh the back of the truck at all? Mm, man i had had a crazy one with i mean i've probably got a bunch of stories i don't know if i can remember them all or we probably don't have time for all of them uh, i'll give you a like one that freaked me out the most uh yes. i stopped in this little town in kind of like southeastern montana and i was on my way down i think to chatoog i think it was the aoi championship um uh, and i was actually i wasn't even sleeping in the back like in the tundra suites i was just sleeping in the back seat uh, and because i was just trying to catch a couple hours and i was by myself had my dog um, so it was me and my dog curled up in the back seat. I was laying on my back and she was sleeping between my legs and <laughs> I was, there's like one gas station in this town and there's just a gravel lot in the back of it. And so I just kind of backed in the back corner and I'm facing, so I got my boat backed in kind of to the back of this field. My pickup is facing out toward like the main road, but it's just a two lane road. And at like one thirty, two o'clock in the morning, I wake up to like these flashing lights, not flashing blue and red lights, like flashing headlights. And they're just like blaring into the cab of my pickup. And I just, I slowly kind of just like peek my eyes over the seat you know because i'm like i don't know what is happening outside of my vehicle oh my right gosh. now i don't they don't know i'm in here or what like i don't want them to see that i'm in here right now i don't really feel like getting in a gunfight in the middle right. of montana and yeah. so i'm just like kind of trying to analyze the situation and peek my head around 
dogs freaking out, like growling. And I'm trying to keep her calm. And they just keep like flashing their lights on and off. And I could not figure out if it was like, Hey, we want to steal your stuff or Hey, we're huge fans. And (laughs) we'd like to say (laughs) hi. And we see your wrapped boat and truck with your name on it. Like, I still, to this day, I don't know which one it was. Oh my gosh. There's no closure. Cause I just, I just laid there yeah, and I'm funny. like, What's you never like happen? got out. No, I just, I kept watching like, you know, <laughs> you know how the headrest, like you got your I headrest above, yeah, you above the seat a little bit. Yeah. 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 So that little <laughs> space, just imagine me, no hat on my eyeballs, <laughs> just peeking through <laughs> the little like headrest gap. <laughs> behind there and i'm just looking i'm sure they could just see my eyeballs glowing through between the seats but i'm just sitting there like i don't like i don't know what's gonna happen someone might try to bust my windows in and pull me out of this thing i don't know what's gonna happen i'm gonna have to fight somebody and it it went on for like probably five minutes oh my Uh, gosh that feels like forever and then they just turn their lights on and then they just slowly crept by the pickup and they were towing a boat, like a ski boat looking thing, not a nice ski boat, like a ghetto sketchy ski boat. And they <laughs> yeah. just slowly drove by. I'm like, why are you towing a ski boat at two 30 in the morning right now? I'm like, why are you doing this? And they just kind of crept by and made a loop around the gas station. And I was like, please turn left, please turn left. And they turned right. And that was the direction I needed to go. And I'm like, gosh, dang it. So then I'm just laying there. I'm like, they just went the direction that I need to go. And I'm in the middle of nowhere. I'm like, now what do I do? Do I just sit here? And like, maybe they come back with their friends and steal all my stuff. I don't know. What'd they go do? Go get a low boy. And they're just going to drag my boat and truck onto a tow truck and just drag it back. Oh I don't know. Gosh. Yeah. So I slept like an hour. I were able to sleep after thing. that. I slept I closed my that? eyes. I don't I don't know if it was like real sleep. Yeah. And uh I was like, I can't do this. I can't lay here anymore. So I just hopped in the front seat, started the truck, freaking took off down the road. I'm like, if I see a freaking whatever kind of truck they had and the sketchy, sketchy ski boat just parked on the side of the road, I'm flooring this thing until I run out of gas. Just, yeah. just hammer down, yeah. Yeah. Like oh my there's nobody out there to save me. Like I'm gonna have to shoot somebody. And I don't know if like shooting somebody. Yeah, that's my yeah, you, that's Montana. You know yeah. they were packing, whoever it was. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. yeah. They, they, they probably had them hanging in the back window. Yeah, whether they were yeah. being friendly or not yeah. friendly, they were packing. Yeah. All right, let's let's jump off with this is the first one we've done. Super pumped to have Brandon do our first one. Mm. We're going back to kindergarten. Uh for every Tackling Tacos video podcast, we're going to ask our guest uh if they would graciously hit us with a show and tell. And I told Brandon yeah. this can be anything. It can be something funny, it can be something serious, it could be something sentimental, something that means something to you and why. So Brandon that was a terrible drum roll. Uh, what did, what you, did you? What'd you bring? Well, I, I'm sorry, Lola, that I don't have Cora with me to just. I like, know. Yeah, <laughs> <lift up>. but, 
I I brought this old, I don't even know if I got enough room in here to show this whole thing. So this is a Berkeley Pulse is what it's called. Let's see if I can okay. it over. This is called the Pulse. Some people may know what this is. Younger kids, yeah. no clue. Some of the older yeah. guys might know what this is. Look at that okay. handle. Yeah, like kind extra, space, extra long pistol grip. Yeah, that's yeah. Yeah, it's got like this crazy real seat and stuff. You actually tighten it right here. Uh, oh, yeah. So it, it tightens from back here, and then it pushes up. So this is stationary, wow. and then it pushes up and puts pressure okay. on the front. Super cool idea. Minus the fact that uh, your fingers go here, so anytime the rod turns in your hands, it just loosens the reel up. So that's why you probably don't see that on any rods anymore. Uh, it's a cool uh, idea, though. It's a fantastic idea. So the reason I'm showing this, this was a rod that was given to me by Jeremy, who's the guy who got me started tournament fishing. Mm-hmm. So he used to give me just like leftover rods, reels. Um, like he would give me a black garbage bag you know like a 30 gallon garbage bag or 35 gallon garbage bag just full of like random plastics or stuff that he would mm-hmm. clean out um you know be like jerk baits with the bills broken off and whatever i'd have to go through it and clean them out mm-hmm. but this uh this was my flipping stick like i won okay. a ton of money on this thing from I mean, I don't know how old I was when he gave it to me, probably 10 or 11. Uh, and I still have it. And I like, I've never shown this to anybody. Uh, so you guys are the only ones that, I mean, I've shown it to like my friends and people who've been at my house, but like, I've never shown this on a podcast or even talked about it. Um, but <laughs> it's like, it's in such rough shape. And I just wanted, I thought this would be something cool to show people. Uh, yeah. Because, one of my biggest pet peeves is people talking about how like, Oh, if I had the money, I would fish professionally or, Oh, if I, if I had all the graphs, I would compete and blah, blah, blah. Right. Like it's one of my biggest pet peeves because a lot of times that's just a cop out. And so they don't, you know, mentally they don't have what it takes to actually be able to do it. Mm. You know, I would rather have, or support the person that's like, I don't care what I have. I'm going to do whatever I got. I'm going to use whatever I got to get to where I'm at. Right? And I'm going to figure out how to catch them with what I've got. Um, yeah. And th- like, this is a prime example of that uh, because I was still fishing this rod up and pretty much almost into the point where I qualified for the elites. Wow. Uh, and oh this God. is, this is the shape that it was in when I was fishing it. So this used to be a hook hanger or like a bait keeper. Uh, it is busted off. And there is an insert in this guide. Um, the epoxy's pretty much wore off, like where if you could feel it, it's just bare threads. Cool. You can kind of hear it. Um, no insert in that guide. Perfect. No insert in that guide. <laughs> no insert in... That guide, which is okay. clearly been smashed also, a little uh, bit. Yeah, um, it's it's yeah. more of an egg oval shape. <laughs> That's uh, the new thing. Insert. There is an insert in this one. 
And then back to no insert. This one actually, you can't quite see it on the video. Um, Yeah, it's got a little bit of a gap in the bottom. Every once in a while, your line would slide through there and it would get a little sketchy. Uh, This one also broken with a gap in the bottom. This one, uh, no insert, almost broken. And then, you know, the pivotal one, which is clearly a replacement tip. Right. Has an insert, right? Because, I mean, that's where all your pressure is. So you got insert. Right there. And yeah. Let's see how many guides. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine guides. Three okay. inserts. Yeah. <laughs> Ultimate sensitivity. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how many fish or how much money I want on that rod. But that was. Wow. Uh, that's a prime example of just using what you have and uh, making it work. That's like really I, I just can't get rid of it. Oh, no, I'll no, probably no, never no. get rid of it. It'll, it'll hang on my wall. Like, yep. I mean, so many memories. Like I vividly remember fish catches, like setting the hook. Mm-hmm. I can vividly remember, wow. like I can feel the bites from some of the fish yeah. catches I caught in tournaments with that rod. Yeah, that's so dope. Dude, it'd be really rad if like the next classic or something going into the final day, you're just on them by like 15 pounds or some insurmountable. And then like you pull that bad boy out at the very end just for a few casts. The pulse. Yeah, the pulse. <laughs> just bust it out and break every fish off because they're like, dang it, I want to hang it up. Yeah. <laughs> like, I swear it worked last time. I don't know what's happening. 1997. <laughs> Dang it, that's yeah. cool, man. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Yeah, so we won't keep you too much longer, brother. Um, we are so pumped that uh, that you were a part of this. So um, if Bass tomorrow came out and said, we are no longer a one-man per boat tournament league, we are a partners-only derby, uh, every tournament from now on will be two people, but you have to be in the bass elites who would you want to fish with give us a couple names hmm. <laughs> um i have to take chad pipkins okay he would be one um is it like to travel with us yeah <laughs> just purely <laughs> for the hair just i mean i'm lacking hairs he's got really yeah, great hair you know yeah, maybe it'd wear off a little bit uh no he's i mean he's an incredible angler but uh his positivity is he's unmatched. Be such a nice dude yeah unmatched i mean when when i won aoy in 2017 he was still traveling with us in our camper uh, so like he would sleep in the back room um and he would finish like 50th and be in the best mood. And I would finish 18th and I'd be like pissed off because I lost one or something. And uh, he would always like put it into perspective, you know? And I, I think a lot of that, a lot of the way that I view things now and, how even keeled I can stay on the water is due to him a lot and like spending time with him. That's cool. Um, 
Another one would probably be Carl Jockamson. I figured yeah, you'd say that same. one. <laughs> he's like, I mean, he's another one of like my best friends on tour. Yeah. Uh, we've spent so much time together. I always give him a hard time. You know, I'm like, you didn't have to marry into the family for us to hang out all the time. <laughs> like, we could have just come and hung out and be friends, but he had to go marry my cousin. Yeah. Which, for the record, I had nothing to do with. They okay. found each other on their own. Uh, <laughs> hey, how, how good can Carl be, Brandon? How good can Carl be long term? How good can he be? Yeah, as an angler, I mean, like he hasn't really been fishing for bass that long to be where he is. It seems like. Let's see, he caught his first like legit largemouth, smallmouth bass. Oh uh, gosh. 12 years ago, 13 years ago, I think. That's so crazy. Um, maybe 15 years ago at the most. Um, yeah. You know, so I feel like he's he's just starting to come into his own, right? That's like his meant, learning yeah. curve has been incredible, um, yeah. which I, I think is why you've seen him like take all of these hard knocks for years and years. And then this year, I feel like, in in last year too, like toward the end of last year, and then really it's carried over into this year, like where things have started to click. <clears throat> and we always talk about uh, like damage control, and you know, staying away from those 80th and 90th place finishes as much as you can, and turn those into 50s and 60s. You know, like you, you turn an 80th into a 50th. Well, that's 30 points. And those 30 points can add up in a hurry. I mean, I've won both AOIs by an accumulative 30 points. Wow. 14 points the first time and 16 points the second time. So over the course of nine events, like 30 points goes a long ways. Uh, You know, and sometimes that's just a single bite. So I think he would have to be one of my partners because I feel like he's just starting to get better and better. He looks at the water a little bit different um, than most people. And he, he's, he's probably more detail oriented than I am. Okay. Anybody yeah. else? Any other name? I mean, would you fish with G man? Is I mean, is there, is there some old, I, mean, I, would, some old I would love to fish with Gerald. Yeah. Slept in a tent in the mountains with Gerald one time. Elk hunting. That was entertaining. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> is he like that even like when the cameras aren't rolling is he constantly just spouting yes. off really funny southern like one-liners yes yes well here's the here's the really cool thing the thing that i love about daddy g i mean people can decide whether he's my real dad or not i'll okay. just leave that up for discussion. Right. okay okay <laughs> You guys ever see that video when I first started calling him, telling him, saying he was my daddy? Yeah, and when you sat on his lap that one time when you were tied at a weigh-in? Yeah, yeah, and then that happened too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I called him my daddy at Gunnersville one year, and then it just kind of okay. stuck. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and uh, he's he's always like that. Like He always is super quick-witted half the stuff that comes out of his mouth, maybe three quarters of the mouth or that comes out of his mouth. I don't know where it comes from 
or how he comes up with it. Uh, it's like a whole different dictionary that he read in school or something. And, but the, the best part about him is that you can be having the most serious in-depth conversation and somehow it will just meander its way into this like super funny story or like one liner, you know? And so it's, he's just a really cool blend of a human. Yeah. I love that. Um, Lola hit us with the, one of your favorite. So this is sort of rapid fire. Not really, but not your very favorite. Cause people will ask you, you know, like, Hey, what's your favorite movie or what? And it's really hard to decide one. So give us one of your favorites for the following things. Okay. Like what's one of your favorite bands? Mm. Does that have to be a band or like a single? Oh. I was just yeah, going to say it yeah, could whatever. be a single. Artist. Music. Yeah. Single artist. Uh, probably Cody Jinx. Hmm. Okay. Country artist guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I listen. I listen to everything, hip hop, rock, country. Okay. Okay. So your your phone is on. Your Apple Music is on shuffle. What are, what's coming on? <laughs> like just a straight shuffle. People be so confused. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it'll be like. It'd be like. It could go like Cody Jinx and then it'd be Zach Bryan and Tyler Childers. And then it's uh, maybe T.I. and some Young yeah. Jock and maybe some Lil Wayne. And then it's Johnny Cash. And, oh, now it's Seven Dust and All That Remains. And maybe there's some, like, corn from when I was in junior high. Uh, <laughs> just yes. super random. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I have stuff like, like that, that too. That there's times where I'm listening to stuff in my truck, and it'll come on to a song that I was so pumped on in like high school. And if I'm at a stoplight, I turn it down because I'm so embarrassed. I'm still <laughs> listening to it. <laughs> but internally, you're still super pumped. Like, internally, I'm like, dude, POD <laughs> is still so dope. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, right. Right. <laughs> and then I pull away. Oh, we are, we are youth of the nation. Whatever. Gosh, yeah. that was such a good song. That might have to yeah, be my too. classic song one year. Yeah. Oh dude. my gosh. Yeah. Give Tackle and Tacos <laughs> a shout out for that. We'll, yeah. We'll do, yeah. Um, what about like movies? Do you have like top three? Yeah. Kyle's is Walter Mitty. We know that. Yeah. Have you seen that? Gosh. No. Oh my gosh, it's wow. his favorite. Yeah, it's what killer. inspired him to be who he is. Yeah, that's what he said. As a photographer. Yeah, yeah I've not seen that one. A Secret Life uh, of Walter Mitty. Now I'm going to have to watch it so that I actually understand who Kyle is. Maybe that'll explain a lot of things. It may. It, it, it may. may yeah. <laughs> uh, it turns out it's actually just an autobiography of Kyle. <laughs> right. <laughs> He's tricked you into watching it. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, Gosh, I'm always a sucker for Gladiator. Oh, heck yeah. I love yeah. that one. Uh, yeah, that's a killer. I love Eight Seconds. Rodeo The movie. rodeo one? Oh, yeah. yeah. Lane a, Frost. Lane Frost, that's yeah. a movie. Yeah. yeah. Heck yeah. That, sure. um, and then there's an old wrestling movie called Vision Quest. 
that used to always get me so pumped up. Okay. We're going to have to check it out. Yeah, I've never seen that. I, have you ever, have yeah. you ever heard of speaking of old movies? I heard, have you heard of rad the BMX movie? I used to watch that before I go BMX race. No, it's terrible. We introduced it's it so to, dope. um, our boys. Yeah. I, did the girls watch it too? I think they, they might've, yeah. but the boys are like, so into it and the soundtrack and it's, it's like, so corny. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm a sucker for any movie that like, I don't know, makes you feel something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, not, not like, I mean, comedy movies are cool, but those aren't ones where I'm like, that was an amazing movie. Okay. Uh, watch Secret Life of Walter Mitty. You will feel something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it is really good. Yeah. All right. Okay. What about like favorite lakes? Do you have favorite lakes? Or bodies of water to <sighs> fish on? Or just? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I absolutely love fishing here at home. Like Coeur d'Alene Lake is a special, special place. Uh, you know, and I just I have so many memories there growing up fishing tournaments and stuff. And I don't get to fish it as much now as I used to, but I mean, it's just, I don't know that there's a better lake in the country as far as like a large mouth, small mouth mix. Mm-hmm. Like where you can okay. actually catch a seven pound small mouth and you can catch a nine pound large mouth. Okay. So we're on our way. (laughs) See you soon. (laughs) See you soon. You're just going to have to drive probably 30 hours from anywhere else that has bass fishing. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Are you worried now though, that now that you just said that, that both the people watching this podcast are going to head your way? (laughs) (laughs) They can come on with it. Um, we're we're going to let you make a lake. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And it's going to cost you a thousand dollars to drive here, dragging your boat. At least. So. <laughs> yeah, at least. Ask me how I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> prove it. <laughs> All right. Um, what's, what's next for you, Brandon? Are you, are you trying to Rick clone it? Are you trying to be out there competing when you're, you know, deep into your sixties? Where do you see this thing going? Uh, I've always, I think since I started, I set the goal at 50. Okay. And that doesn't mean that like at 50, I'll just walk away from everything. Um, but like my goal is to set myself up hopefully at 50, which is still a long time from now that, I can then, you know, compete however I want to compete at that time. Okay. So around that time, like, Cora is going to be getting close to graduating high school. Um, you know, like, I don't know what my life is going to look like or what I'm going to feel or what my, you know, priorities are going to be 15, 16 yeah. years from now. And I always felt like that age was kind of a good age where if I was done, if I'd gotten what I felt like I needed to get out of bass fishing and gave back what I felt like I needed to give back that I could walk away or do, you know, some sort of hybrid version of it where you still fish the elites, but you know, maybe that's all you do. You just fly in, you fish the tournament, you come back home. Uh, you know, and I just 
that's my biggest thing is I, I noticed early on too many guys that were competing still because they had to, because they didn't put enough money away or they weren't smart with their money that they just didn't, you know, it, like it took the love of the game away from them. And I don't ever want to be in that position. Like Clun is a very unique and special human being. And the fact that he still has so much passion and love for competing in the sport that he's doing it for the right reasons. Um, you know, and if, if I'm 75, 76 and I still have that passion, still feel like my body can hang and compete, then maybe that's what I'm doing. Mm. I love that. Or maybe you'll be taking your cute little grandkids fishing for fun. Or, or maybe I'm doing that. Like I just, <laughs> I, I just know that I want to be set up so that like as my life changes, because that's a guarantee life is going to change. I want yeah. to be able to continually flow with it, like in a positive direction. I love that. Yeah. That was, that was very uh, insightful. Yeah, for Definitely. sure. All right. Two more questions. Nate, give us one more uh, fan question. And then I want to ask you like the most basic question ever to end it. <laughs> and then we'll let you get out of here. <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, one more fan question. Um, I kind of, I kind of think it's a, a pretty good one. Uh, we talked with uh, Kyle a little bit about like some outside of fishing videos, uh, you know, hunting, stuff like that. You, you see, you see yourself putting out any any more hunting content and maybe something specifically like like waterfowl. I we haven't really seen you do that. Do you get into that much at all or anything? We've had this conversation a lot. When I say we, I mean Kyle and I. Um, there's like there's a lot of I guess aspects to it or factors that come into it of uh, like the amount of time and effort that we want to put into it. Right. Cause he loves to just go rogue sometimes in the off season and go to Vietnam for a month or wherever. <laughs> um, you know, and so he'd be like, Oh, I can't wait for hunting season. We're going to film. And like, this is pretty much how last year went to, he's like, I'm going to film all the archery hunts and stuff. I'd be like, Hey, I'm going this weekend. And he'd be like, I'm going dirt biking or i'm going sailing or I'm, I'm going to mexico to film for a week and i'm like okay let me know when you get back and then he just happened to get back and like the next day showed up on an elk hunt where i actually killed yeah. him so freaking lucky Kyle. um and so like that kind of opened our eyes to i guess the reception of it uh, you know, I'm trying to do it in a different way. I struggle with it personally some because I'm like, do I really want to open up this part of my life like to the public? Not that there's anything wrong with it, but I'm like, I I hunt like not to shoot something and put pictures on Instagram. Well, like, yeah. Usually, if you look, like my least activity on social media is when I'm hunting uh, because I love to disappear and get out in the mountains and feel like I'm 
living, how I think humans should be living. And uh, like that disconnect brings me back to, I guess, like earth and being feeling grounded. Um, So it, I get torn of like, do I then want to bring a camera into that? Right. And, Mm -hmm. and feel like I have to, like, I wouldn't change anything, but there's just a different level of aspect to that where it's like, okay, now there's a, there's a camera here. Like we we need to. It feels totally different. Yeah. And it's like, this is also going to cost us money. So then do we sell sponsorships for it? But then if you sell sponsorships, then there's deliverables and there's expectations. I'm like, do I want to bring all of that? Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I just, I don't know if I want to bring all of that into that aspect of my life because I use the hunting a lot of times as kind of my release and my getaway. Release. Uh, Yeah. We've talked about that too. So it's, it, it's, it's a, tricky balance uh i don't think i would do it or even think about doing it with anyone else other than kyle but just the fact that we flow so easily together um and like he's as much as i like to give him a hard time he's actually pretty damn tough (laughs) and so uh it that's a good part right because he can keep up in the mountains and he's down for anything and doesn't have to have a bunch of fancy stuff. So, I mean, I would love to do more of it. Like, I like putting the videos out there. I know people like seeing them. Yeah. I, I, I just get, I don't get super fired up like I do about the fishing side just because yeah. I don't know if I want totally to respect that. bring all the rest of it in. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That makes all right, perfect man, sense. One last- yeah, one last question, and then, um, I mean, from all three of us and whoever is lucky enough to watch this, hear this, dude, thank you. Seriously, thank you for doing this. Yeah. So um, the last awesome. question I have for you is, um, what is the biggest difference between a weekend angler tournament fisherman and a professional bass fisherman? What do professional bass fishermen do differently, you know, that takes them up to that next level? Uh, it's all between their ears is really the biggest difference maker. Um, I think that it's a constant, you know, like evaluation of what's happening on the water, you know, like you can, you can talk technique and, you know, understanding of fish movements and kind of all of those basic things that you could say, like, duh. Like, of course, that's why they're better. Uh, but I I think even when you look at guys at the top level, on average, everyone's pretty even when it comes to casting, driving a boat, sure. reading their electronics. Right? Like, top 100 guys in the world can do most things at, to some extent. One guy might be a little better at flipping. One guy might be a little better at deep cranking. But on average, skill level, pretty even across the board. So the only thing that can separate guys from consistently doing well versus guys not is your mental capacity. Uh, And being able to, I think, 
like work through the the lows and yeah. and like not coast through the highs, but like not let your highs be too high. Right? Yeah. Like not get stuck up there because it is the most losing sport in the entire world. For sure. You, know, <laughs> you look at like no one's gonna argue if you say Kevin Van Dam is the greatest angler of all time. Seven AOIs, over seven million, I think, in earnings. He's won twenty-eight elites. Like, I mean, just four yeah. classic, like, incredible stats. He still has lost more than he's ever won. For sure, not yeah. even, not yeah. even in the same ballpark, you know. Yeah. Um, and so, when you think about it that way, it's like you're going to have a ton of failure in this sport. Yeah. And so how you navigate that on a cast to cast basis and hour to hour, day to day, year to year basis. I mean, all of that matters. You make a cast, you set the hook, you lose a four pounder. It's like how quickly can you navigate that and turn that into a positive mm. or you, you have a bad day, you have a bad tournament, a bad week, a bad month bad sure. year like being able to navigate through that and turn that around is what i think separates not only the pros from the average weekend warriors but also the guys that are consistently good at the pro level from the rest of the guys god dang that was that was preaching dude that was perfect wow Thank you. Okay, one more because I thought of it. Would you, rather, <laughs> would you would you rather win two more Angler of the Years or a classic? I gotta say classic at this point. Yeah. Because you have two uh, Angler of the Years. Yeah, I I still think I mean the classic's like the only thing I haven't won. So it's yeah. it's a special thing. But the other, the other side of it, and I just, I don't know, maybe I think too much about this kind of stuff, but the classic is, is one week and it's three days. Mm-hmm. You know, it's still the most prestigious tournament in the sport of bass fishing, and it's incredible. Uh, but what I've learned is, like, when you win AOI, there's nine weeks you know, that have a story that make up that angler of the year. And so there's opportunity for all of these like crazy stories and moments and fish catches and things to happen, which are kind of, I guess, like the soul and the base of why I love what I do. Cause you know, it's like those, those moments. I was talking about those moments and like, like I want to win the classic because I want that feeling of of winning. Like yeah, it'd be cool to have like the trophy sitting here or something. Most likely, yeah. it'd be sitting on the floor collecting dust like the rest of them. But uh, <laughs> it would be uh, your honesty. Yeah, that's sweet. <laughs> it, the like the hardware's cool, the checks are cool, but honestly, like to get that feeling. Cause I know what it feels like when I watch it and I get choked up and I get emotional every time I watch a guy win it mm-hmm. to be on the other side of that. And like, I don't know. Like, I think so in depth of it. Like I want to 
hear the crowd. Like I want to feel the music, like feel the confetti, like share that moment with my family. Um, like that. So there's not another moment like that other than the classic. Hmm. I, uh, I have literally zero doubt that you will be there. And that's not me trying to blow you up. Like I just, I, I don't see how it wouldn't happen, man. I really don't. I, I think you'll it's be hard. there. Yeah. It's hard. Uh, three days of bashing. It's hard. What's, what's yeah. your most memorable classic to date? Like what, what one resonates the most with you? Like personally. The grand. Uh, Is that the it's a, 20, 2013 grand? It's a toss up between 2013 grand and my very first one. 2011 right. Louisiana Delta. Okay. That one was like, my first one was so cool because nobody knew who I was. Like that was my first professional event was the Bassmaster classic, you know, qualified as a Bass nation guy. Uh, the elite schedule started after the classic that year. So like, literally nobody really knew who I was. I'm pretty sure Tommy Sanders said my last name three different ways in the same day. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and uh, I mean, it's, it was really cool. Cause like we had a fog delay, tons of my family was there and, That's the, cool. you know, we, we were there for three or four hours every day, just chilling in a fog delay. And I'm like, wow there's Van Dam and there's Skeet and Gerald and Mike. And, you know, it's like all these guys that I grew up idolizing. And right. like, I was reading articles that these guys wrote trying to yeah. emulate what they were doing. And now I have to beat them. So I'm going to, I'm going to take the same things that they taught me and I'm going to beat them with their own game. Yeah. That was essentially <laughs> what I had to do. Uh, not so like that one was really cool in its own way. And then, the 13 one, like just having a legitimate shot to win. Yep. That was still when they had helicopters and oh, stuff. Yeah. And I remember the helicopters flying around and, uh, you know, there's, there's moments that happen when you're on the water and you're in contention to win that you get the feeling. Like mm. you, you start out in the morning, there's maybe two boats following you around Next thing you know, like you've caught a few fish and you just start hearing all this chatter and you turn around and there's like 60 or 70 boats and there's a helicopter flying and like oh Robbie Floyd's God. there with a the camera. And you're like, I think something's happening. <laughs> I, might, I, might be make, I might be making a move here. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like you, Putting the puzzle pieces together. Yeah. Like yeah. you just, like, everyone didn't just show up for no reason. Um, and I feed off of that energy. And so then it's just yeah, like, totally. I get more focus. I get more pumped up. Like just everything is amplified when you get in those moments. And that one was super memorable. Um, obviously it ended with some heartbreak finishing second, but I just got beat. Like I did everything that I could have done that week. I just got outfished. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you think wrestling helped your mindset stuff at all? 100%. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. No doubt. That's, uh, I didn't know it when I was wrestling, right? It wasn't like, Oh, this is going to help me in bass fishing. 
How old were you when you started wrestling? Eight. Same. This is what I wonder about because our son Vinny, he's talked about wrestling and he's 10 and he started, he Mm -hmm. fished his first tournament with him last year. Yeah, we fished a couple together. A couple. And so he was nine. And so I just, I'm like, oh, this could, this could be good. Something. yeah. 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 If he wants to wrestle, I would. He would that. love. Like, however, love um, I don't. I don't think there's a better sport to just build like integrity and mm-hmm. work ethic. And I think that'd be there's just not another sport that's like so demanding. And it's really it's it, it's how far you want to take it. Right. And it, I think the thing that I love about it is, and how it relates to bass fishing is it's a team sport, right? Like you have points that act as a team fishing. You've got sponsors, your family, right? That's kind of the team and everything. But what you do on the mat or what you do on the water is all up to you. Like all the decisions you make, everything you do, the work you put into it, is going to equal the output that you get. Um, And like, and so it's a very individual sport. And so, you know, then that's where like the mental side comes into it because you have all of these thought processes of like, am I good enough? Or did I put in the work or, you know, like how am I going to beat this guy or how am I going to catch this fish or what decision am I going to make? Where am I going to run? And, uh, I think that's like, there's, there's that parallel there for sure. And wrestling is so physically demanding that there there's times like, I mean, he's just starting out. So he won't, this doesn't happen right away, but like there's every time you do something really hard, like physically and you hit a wall, you know, because your mind will quit before your body. Your mind, it's designed that way. It's like a self-protect mechanism. Sure, and yeah. it's going to say, hey, uh, don't do this. Like, you're overexerting yourself. Don't do this. Yeah, and your, your brain's kicking in. Like, maybe mm-hmm. you should stop. Maybe you should stop. And every time you push past that wall, mm-hmm. you mentally get, like grow leaps and bounds. It's like retraining your brain. Like, wait, nope, sh- yes. I got this. <laughs> yep, yep. And I mean, to the point where like I would be running, my brain would be like, you should probably stop. And I'd just keep running, keep running. And then next thing you know, I'd like wake up and I just, I'd passed out running. Oh my and gosh. he'd be like, okay, we're still alive. We're good. Get back up and run. <laughs> and, uh, like those, I don't know. I, it's just, it's such a phenomenal sport for like young boys to turn into men pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, we should Thank you. Yeah. So I think we'll, I think we'll let you go, dude. I mean, I can't, I, mm-hmm. Already, I already said one question, and that was about a dozen back. So yeah, we I'm could go. Sorry for that. Talk yeah, all night. <laughs> yeah, for sure we could. Um, no I mean, problem. I, I, I've uh, I've been a, a fan of yours for a long time, and um, I mean it's really similar to your to your homie Kyle, where uh, I'm more so a fan now, knowing how authentic you are. So thank you for being 
not only just a great angler, but seemingly a, a good human being, an articulate fellow who, who speaks his passions pretty clearly. Um, thank you. Bottom of my heart. Thank you, man. Yeah. Thank you guys. It's cool. Yeah. Love, All right. love what you guys are doing. So hopefully we can do it again. Yeah. That'll be so fun. Yeah, yeah for sure. Heck Thanks yeah. brother. All right. Thank you. Hey, we appreciate yeah. it. Peace out. All right. So that was Brandon Polinick. I mean, Cripes, dude. Yeah. I can't believe we just had Brandon freaking. Yeah. That's prodigy. so wild. Dude. <laughs> I was thinking, I was thinking while he was talking about the excitement and the energy and the whatever of being on the classic stage, I was wondering if, if uh, Mercer has come up with something for him yet. You know how, like when Christy won and he said, Christy conquers the classic 30 times. And yeah. then this year when Gussie won and he was like, Oh, Canada, you've got a Bassmaster classic champ. What would he say for Polinick? Cause I could, I could like Mercer's funny enough and articulate enough. Would he make some like potato joke, Idaho or like, you know what I'm saying? Like, would he say something corn? I don't know. I'm probably overthinking it. Um, <laughs> it's a matter of time. I mean, like legitimately, if there was a, if there was a bet in Vegas to like, who's an angler that you would bet your house on that at some point wins the classic BP would be my first pick. First pick. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. I mentioned that, that 2013 classic, like that was like the first year that I really got like entrenched in bass fishing. Like I went and fished my first open in Louisiana yeah. drove, you know, 14 hours from Iowa to go, to go fish a, an open on the red river where mm. I've never been before. I've fished like one local tournament ever. And I like was just, I didn't know up. that. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. yeah. I was just ate up with it. And like, so doing that and then leading up to, you know, watching him, uh, you know, come so close to winning the classic. You know, I've, I've been a fan ever since. Like it's, yeah. it's wild. Yeah. And he's kind of been ahead of the trend on so many things in terms of like the big bait stuff and the documenting stuff like, well, like with excellence on YouTube and, you know, like if, if, if Brandon in this interview would have said, like, I've started this new thing where I reel with my spinning reels upside down and I reel them towards myself. I'd be like, man, I got to try that tomorrow. I need to go throw me a drop shot and crank that sucker backwards. You know, like, I mean, he really is, he's that dude, he's been ahead of stuff. And so, um, as a man to have the foresight, like legitimately, I want to take some of his advice about Vinny and let him, let him go wrestle. Yeah. And, you know, I, I do think that's a, I was just thinking when I asked that question, like has the wrestling mindset helped you? Yeah. Cause it is very between the ears. And like, like he said, it's a team sport, but it's not, right. You know, mm-hmm. um, there's not yeah, a lot of sports that are like that. But the discipline, you know, like you said, and, and yeah. what you, what you put in is what you get out. It's just, it's just like bass fishing, the time on the water, yeah. you know, nothing replaces that more time you spend on the water you know the the better angler you become and you know, I, you know leads into more fish you catch and aois and eventually classics for him right yeah, definitely I, that's why i keep <laughs> no finishing doubt. middle of the pack because i don't pre-fish these lakes <laughs> <laughs> your boy your boy is a five line burner master you know what i'm yeah. saying i got five line burners baby what well, it, uh, is it bill Owen? Is it Bill Lone who says I'll I'll twelve pound you to death or whatever? Yeah, I'll oh, like, yeah. four and a half sack you to death. I got a four and a half pound <laughs> sack. Y'all don't want to see me at the weigh in line. You know what I'm saying? Uh, All right. So everybody uh, who's listening, thank you so much. Again, make sure. Um, I didn't even ask Brandon like how do people find you on social because they already I mean, they already found if him. they're listening to this, it's because they know yeah who they he know is. who he is. You know, so hundred <laughs> percent. Um, 
Yeah. So make sure you are, though, following him on social, follow him on YouTube. The BMP stuff is so dope. It is the perfect blend of incredibly well made videos, um, but they're also informative. They're fun. They're easy to watch. Like you could watch some of those that are like, you know, in that 20 minute range and it feels like they just zip by because they're filmed well. They have all the elements of like intensity, but fun. And yeah, man, they're, they're just dope. And, and Kyle kills it. So follow him as well. Point, point, point. Shout out. Oh, um, you want to hit us with the with the tagline? Positivity is worth the yeah. effort. Yep, we'll catch you on the next one. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>